said at the 9 a.m. Mass that I'm starting to feel more like a pastor because I'm here so much. It's always good to be at Spirit of Life. I, uh, as I was preparing for this homily and, and praying through the readings, I came across a question that a priest friend of mine, Father John Ricardo from Detroit, uh, mentioned in one of the homilies that he gave uh, this Sunday. Because us priests, we tend to, sh- we tend to steal other people's homilies. <clears throat> but he asked this question, and I couldn't answer it. And so I wonder if you can. Do you know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? You can just raise your hand, I'll call on you. <laughs> you know, you laugh, but at the 9 a.m. Mass, there was a little boy sitting right here, and he shouted out an answer. It was really incredible. It wasn't right. But he had more courage than all the adults did in the church. Why did Jonah not want to go to Nineveh? Good. That is what a lot of people would say. They think he's crazy, right? He was afraid that they would think he's crazy. That is not correct. But that was a good answer. Yeah. He had other work to do. Well, that sounds like an American answer. (laughs) I know what you want me to do, God, but I got other work to do. Do I? I do. I'm going to give it to you. But before I give it to you, you know, this this story of Jonah, if you got some time today, a little downtime, grab the Bible. It's four chapters, and it's one of the most entertaining stories in the Bible. Because even when, it's hilarious, even when, you know, when Jonah's preaching and they repent, the king tells his people, we all have to repent, and everybody put on sackcloth and ashes, even the animals. So, I mean, they put sackcloth and ashes on their cows. It's a crazy story, and you have Jonah, right? See, what we hear today is the middle section. We don't hear the beginning, and we don't hear the end. But I think that this question, why did Jonah not want to go to Nineveh, is really important, especially given the state of affairs in America right now. We all know the story of Jonah, right? God calls him and says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, which is modern-day Iraq. Now you probably know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Instead of going to the deserts of Iraq, he goes to Tarshish, which is modern-day Spain. God says, go to the desert. He says, I'll take the beaches in Spain. And as he's on his way, he's on his little cruise ship. Storm picks up. And he says, it's my fault. They throw him over. And he gets eaten by, I like to say, a sea monster. I had a, uh, that little boy. He wasn't letting it go at the 9 a.m. And and he, I had a debate with him over if it was a whale or a sea monster. Good kid. Whatever it was, it swallowed him, and he stayed in its belly for three days where he prayed, and eventually he was spewed up on the beaches of Nineveh, a place he did not want to go. What we don't hear today in the reading is what happens after the city repents. It says that Jonah went and he preached 
in this massive city. The city was so big, it said it took three days to walk through. And he was to preach repentance. He said, if you don't repent, God is going to destroy you. Now, what kind of God says, if you don't change, I'm going to kill you? I think there's a tendency for us, even in the modern world, to say that there's a difference between the, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is re- revenge and violence and furious anger. And the God of the New Testament is happy and fluffy and lovey. It's the same God. But the funny thing that happens is after one day, he hasn't even, he's a third of the way through the city. After one day of preaching, the whole city converts. They all repent. And then we come to the line that we don't get to hear. Because that's what we hear. We hear the end of the story right there. And the line is the answer to the question why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. As I said, most of us, as the gentleman said over there, would think that he didn't want to go to Nineveh because he was afraid they'd think he was crazy. Or they would make fun of his seemingly stupid message. Or honestly, Jonah's like, what am I going to do? I am one man, and I'm going to a city the size of New York... Am I really going to convert this whole city? This is stupid. But that is not the reason Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. The scripture says this in the next line, which we didn't hear. After the entire city repents and God is excited, it says, This displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry and prayed to the Lord, saying, Is this not what I said to you, O Lord, while I was in my country? That is why I made haste to Tarshish, for I knew that you were a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. You would not carry out what you said. Therefore, O Lord, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. This is like the most famous and effective preacher to ever live. Took him one day to convert a city. You know, it takes us priests years to convert people. One day. And he's mad about it. So mad that he wants to die. You see, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he didn't want the Ninevites to repent. He didn't want them to be spared. He wanted them to die. And you can say, Father, that sounds pre- that, that's pretty harsh. <clears throat> I would like to know, you don't, have to do this, this, you don't have to raise your hands or anything, but how many of you, after watching the news and seeing what ISIS is doing in the Middle East, want them dead? God does not want them dead. God wants them to convert. God wants them to repent and to experience life. And our job is not to hate. Our job is to pray and to have a prophetic vocation to go out and preach to the world love. I'll never forget, I'll never forget, and maybe I shared this with you already, but I was in, when I was in the Holy Land, there was this man, he was a taxi driver, and he had my brother and I in the taxi, and we were going over to Bethlehem. Because they were sneaking us in because back when we went, it was really hard to get into Bethlehem. 
And he was telling a story about his family, and he said, he said, you know, we asked, you, are you married? He said, I was. I had a wife and three kids. We said, what happened? He said, well, when the, the Jews were shooting rockets over Palestinian targets, one hit a building, and the building fell on my house and killed my wife and three kids. And my brother said, you must hate those people. And he slammed on the brakes and turned around and said, don't you ever, ever say that. Because until somebody loves in this world, it will never change. Hatred breeds hatred. And Jonah's heart was full of hatred. And that's why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. But God, God wanted not only the Ninevites to change, but more importantly, he wanted Jonah to change. And Jonah is now one of the great prophets in the Old Testament because his heart moved from hatred to love. And I want to make a clarification, because after the last Mass, <clears throat> and this is a fair question, I had a guy stop by and he said, Father, I'm a Marine, and you got to explain to me what you mean. And I said, fair enough. He said, and what, is what we're doing over there, is that wrong? I said, it is not wrong. And war is a terrible thing, but sometimes it must happen. But you must never want them dead. You must defend, and you must kill if necessary. But we must never like it, or enjoy it, or desire it. As we fight terrible evils in this world, our hearts must never turn to hatred. Or we are no better than them. Our hearts must turn to love, and to hope, and to conversion and repentance. And we must beg our merciful God for that gift, for our brothers and sisters who are over in the Middle East. Because God hates sin. He hates it. And he hates it not because it hurts him. He hates it because it hurts us. Our sin hurts us and everybody around us. And because he loves us, he tells us not to do it. And that is our prophetic vocation as Catholic Christians. Everyone in this church is a prophet. Maybe you don't want to be one, but guess what? You are one by your baptism. And what does a prophet do? A prophet's task is to speak on God's behalf. But in order to do, it, to do this, you must know what God thinks. And you have to have the courage to speak it. And you must do it in love. The first one, what does God think? Think, easy. It's in the catechism. Read it. Get to know it. You know what God thinks. Two, courage. Where do you get the courage to speak about it? You pray for it. You beg for fortitude from the gift of the Holy Spirit. Three, and most importantly, and probably the hardest, is we must speak in love. We speak out because we love this world. Last, this last week, we remembered the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, when abortion was legalized in this country. And we, as pro-life Catholic Christians, speak out against Abortion, not because we hate women, not because we're against women's rights, but because abortion is bad for those who are participating in it. It hurts them. It hurts the child by taking its life. It hurts the mother because she has to deal with it the rest of her life. It hurts the father because it makes him less of a man. And it hurts our society because we're deprived of one of our brothers or sisters. 
And so, yeah, I will speak out on that until the day I die. God expects it of us, asks it of us. And in the midst of it, as we do it in love, it converts us. That's why Jeremiah the prophet, he said, I tried to shut my mouth. (laughs) He wanted to. He was so sick of being attacked and persecuted. He said, I tried to shut up. But a fire burned inside of me. And I was forced to speak. You should have a fire inside of you for these issues, for life, for marriage. All the evils that plague us in the modern world. Jonah wanted just a bunch of people to be in a tight-knit community like this parish. To build each other up and to just be Christians here. And the rest of those people, let them die. That's not the way God thinks. Let us today ask God in this Eucharist, not only for the courage to speak the truth, but more so to fill us with his love so that we don't speak in hatred. But we do it out of love so that no more people will be hurt. It is love that moves a mother mother or a father to speak to their daughter or son about something they are doing that is not right. It is love which should move anyone in authority to address an issue which needs to be addressed for the good of humanity. And it is love that motivated 12 simple fishermen to set out on an impossible mission and change this world. That's what drove them, and that's what should drive us. Let us pray today for hearts that are large and full of love to change a world that is so lost in hatred. May God have mercy on us, on our country, and on our world.